ACASTCAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank you for joining us on the East-West Football Podcast. I'm your host, Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me are my co-hosts, Kendall Whitley and Jerry Martinez. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. It's Tuesday. We're ready to roll, man. I hope everybody's doing pretty good. Hey, and it's Jerry, your in-house GM. Hey, I'm really excited for today's episode. Hey, guys, and happy Cinco de Mayo. Just to throw that out there. Happy Cinco de Mayo to everybody <laughs> out there. Tonight we actually have a special show. We have a guest join us. He actually is a defensive back in the National Arena League for the Carolina Cobras, Darius Thomas. I'm Darius doing Howard. good. Appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you for thank you for real good, us. real yeah. good. Appreciate you, appreciate you. Thank you for coming yes, on. Sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, appreciate that. Darius, if you can just give the audience a little bit of your background. Okay, okay. So uh I consider myself a small school guy. I went to a division two called Henderson State mm-hmm. University in Arkansas. And I was there. Uh I came out in the drive class of 2017. Uh, I was first team all conference in GAC out there. Um Came out, went through the process of everything, the pro days and the uh, regional combines. Uh, ended up falling short, you know, of, of the main goal, which was the NFL. But still had that passion for the game and the love for the game and just know that I can still play at a high level. And the opportunity presented itself to play in the National Arena League with the Carolina Cobras. And it's just something I had to jump at. I started off 2018, uh, where we won a championship, and I've been playing. This is going—it's going to be my third year this year. So, just trying to. The main goal is to get back, get to the NFL. Um, I feel I'm primed and ready. I just—I just need the opportunity, really. So, that's the whole goal of and the whole point of me playing in the Arena League right now. Right. Real, real good there, Darius. I'm going to ask you a quick question. If I'm a scout or let's just say I'm a GM from the NFL and I'm, I come to one of your games or whatnot and I ask you and I, and I pull you to the side just for like a little interview or whatnot and I ask, I say, um, Darius, why should I bring you on my team? I mean, what, what are you going to, what you going to bring to my team? If I, if I need a DB or whatever I need, whatever I need you to do with my defense or my secondary, what, what, why should I sign you to my team or why should I bring you, bring my scout report on you and bring it back? To, to the head coach of the team and say, hey, man, we need to look at this guy. Well, why, why man, Kendall, this? man, that passion, yo. And if you catch me at the game, you're mm-hmm. going to see it in person. But uh, just 
just the passion, passion and love for the game, the intensity that I play with. And I feel like I can play anywhere in the secondary. So I would say my versatility and just my leadership, my leadership abilities on and off the field. Like I'm, I bring my hard hat every day to work. You know, I'm one of those guys that I'm up 5 a.m., 6 a.m. working out every day. And just, just that leadership ability, just leading by example and motivating the team, whether it be getting getting everybody up at practice on the days where it may be hard to practice or just anything or the moments where we need a big play, I feel like I can come through for the team. So just the spark, just the yes. spark plug in general, just. Okay, got you. And, and, who, and give me one player that's currently in the NFL right now I mean, he, he could be a long-term player, or just, he could be a retired player, a Hall of Fame, or just anybody or anybody playing right now that you that you compare yourself to or you look up to. Uh, anybody would it probably would be I would say I have to say Tyran Matthew just because you can't really put him in a box. Just as one position in the secondary, he he can play the free, he can play the corner, he can play the nickel, and I. I'm pretty much the same. I'm I'm bigger in size. I'm about six one, one ninety five, but I'm I'm physical. You know what I'm saying? I'm physical. I'm rangy, and I can play anywhere in the secondary. So I would have to say Tyran Matthew. Okay, thank you. Hey, just to just to give you a little update, I did. I I was I was able to go and catch some of your highlights, and I do see that you do you do bring it. You know, you bring this intensity to your game and. And you don't wait. You don't wait for somebody to, you know, wrap up a tackle. You you go and you initiate the tackle, and you bring the you bring you do bring the heat, and you you come away with turnovers. So, you know, I know that I've seen arena football, and and it's nothing like the NFL. I think it's a little bit more. You know, you, you don't have no sidelines. It's a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more extreme, a little bit more faster. So, I do think I do think that you could make a good transition. But my question more so is is let's go back to to overall like take us take us on your day to day like what is it that you do how's your schedule look like I mean I know that I know that you know when we had a conference you know you, we we kind of we kind of talked about this but if you could just share with our audience like what what like so for instance a pro player right yeah, yeah. what what kind of advice have you what kind of advice have you heard and what what are you doing right now to make sure that you're right. Well, well, during the quarantine, you know, things have been a little different than usual, but I'm trying to keep it as normal as possible with my schedule. So I wake up every morning. Uh, I, us I usually wake up at six, but since the gym has been closed, I've been waking up a little later. So I've been probably getting like a 7.30 a.m. start. So I wake up in the morning, you know, try to read my Bible, try to give my time to God. And then after that, I'm straight on the field, you know. My uh get get field workout. My Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays usually consist of just straight like back pedaling, uh just fundamental work, break coming out of my breaks, uh speed work, conditioning. And then I usually get I've been I I've been calling it the Hershey Walker workouts. So I've been trying to do like two <laughs> two thousand two thousand push ups a day. I have uh found this workout on this push up workout on YouTube. So I've been trying to do like two thousand a day. And like a thousand abs just to try to try to keep my body right on that aspect. And then Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, I got this hill by by my apartment complex. So I go, I get probably I get twenty hills in, 
10 regular hill sprints, then I do five back pedals, and then I do five bounds up the hill. And then I still, but every day, six days a week, I try to keep the uh, the push-up regimen going. But that's pretty much it. And then uh, my diet, my diet consists of just, I'm uh, just straight either baked fish or baked chicken and rice and vegetables. I try to eat clean. I try to, um, yeah, and just try to keep my mental right. And that's about it from the day to day. Yeah, that's that's perfect, man. Um, you know, what I want to ask you is we do have, you know, NFL scouts, uh, CFL scouts that are listening to this show and also some NFL GMs. So what do you want them to, you know, to know about you? What, what do you what do you want to tell them? Uh, I just want to tell them, like, anybody who would take a chance on me will be getting a hardworking guy. Um I feel I consider myself a diamond in the rough. One of the guys that kind of flew under the radar coming out of college. I always been the underdog, so I've embraced it now. But I feel like it's not even a feeling. I know I can compete with anybody and on any given down, any league. It doesn't matter. Like I just played against uh, Dexter McCluster this past season, and I felt like I did more than hold my own. So anybody who would take a chance on me we'll be getting the guy that's gonna bring his hard hat to work every day i'm not looking for anything never had anything handed to me so i'm a worker i work for everything i got and everything that i would get i would bring a spark plug i don't matter whether it's gonna be running down on kickoff uh and making the tackle making the block it doesn't matter anything to help the team win so I, you'll be getting one of those guys just a workhorse Okay, real good there, really there. I gotta ask you one more. Um, we, and you'd also be open to um, if there if there was a CFL team that had entered, you'd be all, you'd be interested in joining them as well, even if NFL doesn't come, correct? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, just just want just want just want to confirm that word because I know we we know we know we know a lot of um, CFL scouts, a lot of CFL agents and whatnot, and they listen to the shows and whatnot. So we have good connections there and whatnot, and they, you know, never know what can happen from here. Yeah, Kendall, you know, I'm a passionate guy, so, you know, I'm not going to turn down any opportunity. And plus, uh, I think the CFL is way more similar to the indoor game than the NFL because those guys get the – they have the waggle motion going on with the running start with the receivers too. So it's kind of similar in that aspect of it. Real good. Hey, real quick, I'm going to ask you a real tough question there, so please forgive me. No, nah, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what what happens if you don't get that call from, let's say, the CFL or the NFL? If I don't get it? Would you consider, if you don't get that call, would you consider would you consider it, you know, that you failed, or how would you take it? Uh, To be honest, man, I don't see anything in life as a failure. I just see everything as lessons, you know, and if – if I wasn't to get that call, that just God has something better and bigger for me. That's how I have to. That's how I would look at it. I would be I would be all devastated, right, of course, because you know all the hours I put in. But I learned, man. If you if you want to make God laugh, you know, tell him your plans. That's what I always heard. Exactly. Exactly. So, exactly. <laughs> you know, I like so, that. I just try to I try to do my part. You know, put the work in and. You know, lead the rest up to him, yo. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Darius. I mean, 
I mean, this goes for everybody. I mean, you know, if you put in the work, then you're going to get the results you want eventually. Might not be tomorrow or the day after, but eventually you, you will get what you want. Um, so, yeah, no, that's great. Yes, uh, sometimes you got sometimes you, so you got a dream, man. You got to be willing to look crazy and get, yes. get doubted, even doubt yourself sometimes. You know, you're going to go through it if you say you really want it. For sure. Well, uh, real quick, uh, so Darius, I understand with the whole, you know, this whole pandemic and and whatnot. Um, t- tell us how can a, a fan keep up with the Arena uh, Football League? Oh yeah, okay. So um, you can follow. Like, what's your schedule? Yeah, like what's your schedule? I, I, you know, what I'm saying we understand right now everything's slowed down, but you know, in the future, like if let's say we want to we want to keep up with you, we want to watch you, want to see you like play play your game. You know, how oh, yeah, can we you do can that? Check, check the What's games the out on YouTube. Uh, the schedule's online. You have to go to the National Arena League page. All the games are uh, live streamed on YouTube uh, uh, every Saturday. And uh, you can follow most of the teams. You can follow the Carolina Cobras. I ain't going to shout no other team out. But you can follow the Carolina Cobras on every uh, <laughs> <laughs> on every so- on every social. <laughs> That's perfect. Darius, and where can our fans list or follow you on social media? Oh, yeah. So you can follow me on IG at underscore real DT8. And uh, on Twitter is the same thing. And Facebook is just uh, Darius Thomas. All right. Well, Darius, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And good luck to Man, you. Man, I appreciate you guys for having me. Talk about the NFC North. Team needs addressed or not? Kendall, I'll let you start off. Yes. Oh, I'm gonna start with Minnesota Vikings. Coming into this this year's draft, they had a couple of needs. Uh, one at cornerback when they lost a lot of depth this offseason, and they had one at wide receiver when they traded Stephon Diggs. So, um, in, with with their first round draft pick, they came. They had two picks this year. They got Jeff Gladney, the cornerback at a TCU. And they, so they're going to add him to the, to that secondary where they lost Xavier Woods and Trey Waynes. So they, they parted ways with those, with those two veteran players. And on offense, I think they addressed a, a huge need at wide receiver opposite of Adam Thielen. They, they, um, they, let's put in Justin Jefferson. He's going to be very good there opposite him. They got him the wide receiver at LSU with the top five pick this year. I think the Minnesota Vikings addressed both of their top needs in this, in this year's past draft. What do you guys think? Jared, go ahead. I'll let you go first. Sounds good. Uh, so, yeah, just to add that, I mean, it didn't just stop there with Jeff Jeff Gladney, right? Because they added Cameron Dantzler out of Mississippi State, and they also added Harrison Hand. They also added uh, depth with Harrison Hand, and and if you remember, we talked about we we chimed in just a bit on him being a hidden gem in our in our draft gems. So uh, for them to actually go, they went three deep with the cornerback position. You know, yeah, they they lost with like you said, Xavier Rhodes. Uh, they lost uh, Mackenzie Alexander also on top of that, uh, and then uh, Train Wayne's right. 
And then and then they also they also were able to address the offensive line position. They got Israel Cleveland out of uh, Boise State. So I think overall, when you look at it, they actually had a good draft. And yes, they were able to. When I look at it, they were able to address their needs. Yeah, I mean, I felt like they did a really good job as far as you know trading Stephon Diggs and what they got for him was really good. I think the Houston Texans, you know can learn something from the Minnesota Vikings as far as getting compensation for the yes. star wide receiver. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think you, you, you hit that one right on the button. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see about that one. And with yeah. the, um, with the, with the Chicago bears or whatnot, I thought they had a pretty good draft as well. They had, um, they, they, um, they got the cornerback out of Utah, um, Jalen Johnson. And then they also, the Chicago bears, they drafted the tight end at a, um, at a Notre Dame code commit. So I think I think it was a pretty good draft. And I think they addressed some top needs too. They 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 loaded tight end right now. So I think the Chicago Bears they had a real good draft, addressing some needs and included adding some depth. What you guys think? I I do think it's kind of interesting, right? Because uh, they did bring in Nick Foles in a trade. Uh, I know that the the GM was sold that Mitchell Trubisky was the quarter was their franchise quarterback, but then the news just dropped and that they did they declined his fifth year, you know option is Tim is team option on his rookie deal so that just goes to show you I I mean I don't think there's much QB competition that's going to go on so I think that you know when you when it's all said and done I do, do think that Nick Foles is going to be their starting quarterback uh with the draft you know I think that they could have still addressed some other glaring needs but you know that 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 coach he loves he loves running a, a 12-man personnel he loves the the, the two tight end system so I think that Kokomet, you know, hopefully he'll be able to find his, you know, find his way into a starting position. Um, also, Jalen Johnson, I think, was actually a very good peep, uh, pick. Uh, it's going to be a very sneaky pick in the second round. Overall, they did add some offensive line. They did get some offensive line address, right, With because they had, I believe, uh, they had they, they lost an offensive guard, right, to, to retirement. So overall, Overall, it wasn't the worst. It wasn't the worst draft. Could it have been better? Yes. I mean, because every time you go into the draft, you want to get impact players that are going to be starters. You know, especially in the second round. You know, uh, there's been there's been a couple of books I've read, and uh, I, one of the most notable one is the Bill Walsh one. And the one thing that he preaches is that your second round pick, he needs to be starting by week by uh, the sixth week in the NFL season. So when you look at it, are do you think that these guys are going to be starters? That's the, the one thing that you, you have to ask a question. I know that tight ends, rookie tight ends had the, the hardest transition to make, you know, to be a starter in the NFL, but overall they, they did address their, they did address their needs. They weren't wow needs though. They weren't wow picks. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, as far as the bears go, I mean, the biggest offseason move they did was trade for Nick Foles. I mean, we all know that Mitchell Trubisky, he struggled a lot last year and, um, a lot of people were thinking that Ryan Pace was just going to, you know, that they were going to sign him already to a new contract um, before last year. And, and I, you know, after seeing that, that move for Nick Foles, you just, it kind of just tells you like, Hey man, like thanks for the years you played for us, but you're not going to be the guy anymore. And next year he's going to be a free agent. Exactly. So moving along, uh, I got the Packers and Lions. Let's, let's start off with the Packers. You're one game away from the Super Bowl. 
you know, the 49ers, just, they just ran all over you. Obviously, there's some needs that you need to address on the defense to be able to stop that, you know, and add, add another weapon for Aaron Rodgers, right, so he can make that push into the actual Super Bowl. They're one game away. Overall, when I look at the actual draft, right, because the Packers have always been built through the draft. They're not one to make splash play, uh, splash signings. I know they did sign uh, Littleton, right? From uh, the uh, formerly of the of the of the uh, Rams, the linebacker. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, they this draft it 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 was picked for the future. It wasn't it wasn't to help the defense or add pieces to Aaron Rodgers' uh, arsenal. So I just think that overall they did not they did not they did not feel the needs that they needed. I think that obviously there's a little bit more to the story than what we know. You know, I think overall, I think maybe the front office is ready to move on. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers got a couple of years left in his deal. And hopefully handle, he handles this situation like a pro. And, you, you know, he, he comes out. He's always played with a chip on his shoulder. Hopefully that he plays he plays with, you know, hopefully he plays with that same chip and, and is able to show a lot of people wrong. And in the process, hopefully Jordan Love does, does pan out to be, you know, a good, a good prospect for for them after Aaron Rodgers is is no longer with the team. Um, yeah, I mean, I think my opinion on the Packers, I don't, I don't feel that they, you know, they addressed their needs as well. I think they could have, they could have got some receivers out this draft. They could, they could have did a lot in that deep wide receiver crop in this draft. They could have did, they could have did better there. They went and they got a quarterback. A quarterback is going to be probably their future. You know, you got Aaron Rodgers. There. Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's, I mean, he's not. He's not forty seven, you know. He, he's he's thirty, so he's in his late thirties. So I mean, he, you know, he got a few more li- years left there. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what they what the Packers do. And, and it's, it looks to me like the Packers were thinking long term with this draft because they if they were thinking to help out to to surround Rodgers with some talent. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, by them drafting Jordan Love, I mean that just speaks volumes of what the head coach and the GM think about Aaron Rodgers. Um, and they traded up too. Yeah, I mean, right. and, you know, how you were saying, they were only one game away from the Super Bowl, um, and they don't have a second wide receiver. I mean, they really don't have any weapons besides, uh, you know, Devontae Adams. So, moving along, I have the uh, Detroit Lions, right? So, overall, when you look at the Lions, obviously, when you're picking third, you already know that, obviously, the season wasn't what you expected it to be. But you know, they addressed it by getting the top, the top-notch uh, corner in the draft, right? With Jeff Okuda, I think everybody was pretty much sold. Um, I think everybody was sold, right? That he was the actual uh, best corner in the draft. I, I, I think that you know he plays with a ton of a ton of confidence. Uh, hopefully, we'll see what they do. I know they also they also brought in Marcus Trufant um, as a as a uh, uh, a free agent, so they were able to address that secondary need. The interesting picks came later. Later, right? You got the second round. They they drafted DeAndre Swift, which many people thought he was going to be the first running back taken in the first round. You know, at the end of the first round, and they got him in the second round. So it looks like, you know, it looks like you know, are they? I mean, are they trying to implement a two back system, right? Because they've already spent. You know, I think it was a third overall pick with their with their current running back, but he can't stay healthy. You bring in DeAndre Swift. I think they're trying to bring back some kind of, you know, uh, I guess they're trying to establish an identity, right? 
because back then we, we all everybody every time you think of the Detroit Lions you think of Barry Sanders. So I'm not comparing DeAndre Swift to, to Barry Sanders, right? But I think DeAndre Swift is a very unique talent. I think that he's going to help out. Then they address some needs on their defense. You know, Julian Aquara from from uh, Notre Dame. I thought that was that was a really good pickup. I mean, when they stacked it up, he he had better stats than Clavion Chasecon, who was a first round pick. And then they actually addressed some 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 positions uh, on the offensive line, right, with uh, Jonah Jackson, uh, Logan Steinberg, and then also there's a, a, a that wide receiver Quinn Sipius. Uh, to me. Well, when you put on the table on that guy, he has the tools to actually be, you know, be able to play every position, you know, the slot outside. So when you look at their first six picks, I think overall, they all have the potential to actually be starters for that team. I think the Detroit Lions had, a, they walked away with a good draft. You know, they addressed, they were able to address their needs. So overall, I, I like what they did. Yes, I like what the Detroit Lions did. I think they addressed the majority of their needs. Um, like I said, like um, Jerry said in the offseason, they addressed, they got rid of Darius Slay. So coming into the draft, they needed another corner. They got Jeff Okuda out of um, Ohio State. And then they also signed, um, just to correct Jerry, just Desmond Trufant, Fred from the Falcons. They they signed him and they, they got him there. So you got two starting corners right there. Then they got DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. So I think Detroit, then they got, they also got some depth on that D line. So I think the, the Detroit line, they had a really good draft. I, it was very positive for Detroit line. Added some depth and get some players that's going to play right away. Yeah, and let's not forget they still have Matthew Stafford. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of a lot of people tend to forget that. He, and he's a really good quarterback. Yes. Yeah, I think, I mean, his he's always had he's always had a really strong arm, you know, and he's always been he's always been real tough. And I think that's the reason why they're 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 their their actual season went down right was because of the loss of him and having to go through two uh, quarterbacks during the season. Yes, and just to, just to clear up, it wasn't it wasn't Corey Littleton. I'm sorry uh, that the Packers signed. Uh, I think it was a uh, Kirksey right from the, uh, yeah. from the from the Browns. So my mistake. Correct. I just want to to correct that. Yes. I was about to say he's playing for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now. I was gonna say that's, that's, that's a Las Vegas Raider right there, and I'm surprised he didn't pick it up. Right, our Raiders. Well, I I did, but I was gonna tell you at the end. I don't want to cut you off. Well, let's wait till we move on to the NFC East, right? So. Let's go around the NFL and look at some headlines that came out this past week. The biggest one, no doubt, is Andy Dalton actually signing with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, now, we all know that Dak Prescott is you know, waiting for a new contract and perhaps is even thinking about holding out. So now I feel like they actually have a, a decent backup quarterback that can step in and play some games if Dak's available. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Let me go first here. Uh, so uh, real quick. So I just think that for Andy Dalton, for them to land Andy Dalton, they, the Cowboys are just absolutely winning this offseason. You know, I think that Mike McCarthy does look like a different coach. Obviously, it looks like he didn't really take that time off to really see, you know, how the game has evolved. And, and it looks like he's evolved with it, you know, for him to have a great draft class like they did and then also bring in, 
bring in like you know they didn't have to bring in the most the the biggest key names and and free agency but I mean they did what they needed to in solidifying that defensive line you know adding depth at the at the at the defensive back position and then the the one thing that everybody would talk you know especially cowboy fans is you know they weren't too sure about Cooper Rush right which is their their backup quarterback that they released and he got claimed off waivers and he's a New York Giant now right but overall when you look at it i mean they walked they walked away with a steal i think that if 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 the cow no or should i say when the cowboys win the super bowl this year right they will they will pay him 7 million dollars right but overall it's a it's a 3 million dollar contract it's a one year deal i think that they they're just winning they're just winning the offseason right now obviously it starts with mike mccarthy Yes, and I think um initially when I seen that come across my phone, when I seen it, I was shocked. I was like, "Whoa!" Because I mean, you we're hearing rumors that maybe he was going to Jacksonville, maybe New England, you know, maybe even Chicago as a back of road. But then they, they said, you know, he signed with the Dallas Cowboys. I was like, "Dude!" The first thing that came to my, my mind was, "Ooh, maybe Dak is in. Maybe that's going to get Dak's attention. Maybe that's going that's going to hurry up the talks between him and the Joneses or whatnot." I think, man, it it, it was it was shocking to me, and I I'm, I still can't get over it right now. Real quick, it was five teams that were interested in him. Right. Mm. They didn't but, name uh, him. They didn't well, name I mean, him. But, I mean, none of those teams – he wasn't going to start for any of the teams. So, I mean, best situation was is the one that he picked. With, you know, Cowboys. No, definitely. Definitely, with, yes. with, with the possibility of winning the Super Bowl, now let's not just put him in there yet. Uh, mm-hmm. They haven't the game yet. Um, uh, you know, good yeah, possibility for him to take or have a long reign in the playoffs. Well, you see, that's why people don't like the Cowboy fans because every year is their year to win the Super Bowl, right? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that, I think that's been the knock with the Cowboys. I didn't know it was comedy. Fans. Comedy, I'm sorry, fans. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, also, too, and you know, in some more serious news, uh, Don Shula actually passed away yesterday um, in his sleep. So mm. what are you guys' thoughts? And it's a tough. It's a tough pill to swallow, you know? I mean... He was, I, I, I mean, I was still relatively young when he was still coaching. I mean, I was still, I was really young. Uh, so, but from what I always remember is that they had the perfect season and, uh, he was always around, you know, the NFL, but man, 90 years, that's a, that's a, that's a celebration. You know, I, I, I'm sorry for his family, but I mean, any, anytime anybody gets to see 90 years, I mean, that's, that's truly a celebration. You know, he really, he really was a pioneer in this, in this sport that we all love, you know, and hopefully, hopefully that, hopefully his legacy gets to live on for years and years beyond, beyond what we can, we can ever even think of. Yes. I mean, Don Shula passed on the first time we say hearts go out to his family, whatnot goes out to the Shulas. And second, I think a lot of attention starting this year and probably in the years to come, however long it takes, you know, Bill Belichick, he's, he's coming up on, on the win total with Don Shula. So I think a lot of Patriots fans, they're going to be very interested in that to see if Bill Belichick can catch him. Me personally, I think he can. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. But I think, like, once again, hard south to the shoes. I mean, it's just – I mean, nothing never surprises you no more. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it, it's crazy. Well, I mean, Bill Belichick might have a hard time catching up with Don Schiller after Tom Brady's gone. Or <laughs> Oh, wait, he is gone. He's not there anymore. Uh, so, but but again, uh, you know, our hearts go out to Don Shula's family, of course, and the legendary coach. All right, guys. So again, I would I would like to thank Darius Thomas for joining the show today. Um, 
you did an awesome job and and hope hopefully we can have you back on soon all right guys any final thoughts before we get off the air uh, real quick, just want to say, you know, like I said, once again, special shout out to Darius Thomas for taking time out of his day, coming on the show, whatnot. Anytime we can get somebody on from a small school, a small college, or whatnot, it's, it's it's a great and a tremendous experience for them to get their name out there and to help us right here with, with what we're doing on the East West Football Podcast. I think we we had a pretty good show with him today. Yeah, uh, we love your energy. You know, we're we're going to be rooting for you. We're going to be we're going to be keeping an eye out for you once once all this clears up. Thank you so much also to, you know, our audience. Thank you for the feedback. We really appreciate it. You know, thank you to, you know, all the, all the support out there too. You know, our, uh, you know, our subscribe list has gone up tremendously. Uh, sometimes we look back and we, we just kind of freak out like, wow, look at, look at, look at this. I mean, this is crazy. So we just want to say thank you so much for, for being loyal. You know, thank you for, for, again, like I said, for following us on the social media. Thank you so much. All right, guys. So on Thursday, we're going to have actually a special show for the NFL schedule release. So, again, that will be on Thursday. So, again, thank you for uh, Darius Thomas for coming on. And we'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's his dad? No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. Touchdown! On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid.